Hello, Jack. Hello, Katie, my love. Oh, taking a change, have you, hun? I thought, I thought I just, you know, actually for the first time, I'm really happy to see you. Oh. We've got an email. Have we? Yeah. You're, you, you shady little, you never I've, told me I've this. only just discovered it. This is... Are you serious? This, absolutely only discovered it. Well, what are we waiting for? Um, so it's from Alison by Jim. Okay, what does she say? She said, hi, Katie and Jack. Wrong, wrong way around, but whatever, Alison. <laughs> I love that. Feminism. Wondering if this band may be of interest to you. Oh. Dot, 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 question mark. Oh. They play the 100 Club in London. Okay. On Tuesday, the 29th of March. Right. Okay, so that's, oh, that's already happened. Okay. Uh, if we'd like to receive tickets, we could. So actually nothing about anything. Oh, what's the band called? Husky Tones. Also, thanks, Alison, but we're not a we're not a music show. In fact, we're not a show. We're a podcast. So, um, I mean, they're a band. Okay, should we do the podcast? So, be more cleverer is our little way of making ourselves less stupid. Not less stupid but taking areas where we don't know much things about them and going out and actually finding out about them so that when they come up in everyday situations, we can be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, um, yeah, I mean, the capital of uh, that place was really influential in that point in time. Good. Exactly. Good Good run, then. <laughs> We're filling our brains with knowledge. And last week, Katie, you learned about fracking. And then you decided that I'd be learning about this. I am going to go... Ah, I've got one. Okay. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. I want you, Jackson Llewellyn Davies, to tell me all about Oscar Wilde. Ooh, someone who we've mentioned before in the podcast. I think we have, haven't we? In the Oscars podcast. Oh, we did, didn't we? So we're going to learn more about Oscar Wilde? Is that... I, I don't even care if it's okay with you or not. I'm, you're you're doing it, so. And also very, <laughs> do you know what? Very appropriate because I've been reading a lot today. Well done, you. What have you been reading? Heat. So, Jack, have you actually taken this subject and got to the nitty gritty of it? I have, and there was lots of grit to be unearthed. To be knitted. To be knitted. Lots yes. of grit to be knitted. Okay, so Oscar Wilde. Mm-hmm. How, uh, an intriguing figure. Okay, did you know much about him? Because I really don't know anything. I thought I knew stuff about him. I remember very vividly the first time I heard about Oscar Wilde was in primary school. Mm-hmm. And I loved how the teachers used to refer to homosexuals as uh, quirky. Queer? Yes, but quir- like... Quirky, oh really? Like um, flamboyant. He was, oh. no, he was like a flamboyant literary figure. Yeah. I feel like there are lots gay. of there are like <laughs> gay. There are lots of situations where I hear the main reason I went decided that you should learn about this was because I feel like there are a lot of situations where people say things like, "Oh, that's very Oscar Wilde," and it's like, oh. and I'm like, or do you know what I mean? Or things like, uh, "Oh, was, oh, you're such an Oscar Wilde," or something. I don't know. There you're is, such an Oscar Wilde. No, but you know what I mean. There are situations where he gets referred to, and I'm like, "Yeah, sure, sure absolutely. thing, sure I thing." I don't know anything. So. Where do we start? So, I thought I'd give you a few quick fire facts. That's what I like to do with these things. Iron things out. Get okay. Just throw things into the ether for you. 
Okay, you criticised me for this a few podcasts ago. Well, you know, you know me. It's not like me to turn my back on my word. <laughs> not you take a U-turn. <laughs> not you to be a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that when you signed up to do this podcast. It's not like you to make fun of me for something exactly that you've done. Here we go. His only published novel is The Picture of Dorian Gray. Really? Mm-hmm. All his other works are either plays, poems or short children's stories. Okay. So he has written a load of other stuff. Um, you say load. Actually, he hasn't written that He didn't really? write that much. So it's like he was like a really famous person. I'm getting the impression already that he was a really he was really famous, and then he decided that the, if he had to narrow it down to a thing, he'd say author, writer. It's a tricky one, this, because, yeah, because he was first and foremost famous for being a playwright, mm-hmm. and then he kind of got famous for being famous, so he was kind of like the... Like a reality TV star. He was like the Stephanie Davis of the Victorian era. Oh, don't say that. So, but I... It's it's difficult because he wasn't like Stephanie Davis ofs, but because he he he'd already become established as a man of his field who was a, you know amazing amazing playwright. Yeah. Talked about the era, was a you know critiqued the era you know that that time. Of... He became famous for like his character. Yeah. Which like it's hard to think wasn't a thing once upon a time. Because really, that's what you that's what you become famous yes, for now. Yes, absolutely, absolutely right. Interesting. Yeah, good take. Because now, like, you could be really good at something, but you've got to have a bit of, like, persona to go with it. He was sent to prison, of which we'll learn more about later. Yeah. An early romantic romantic interest of Oscar Wilde was Florence Balcombe, who eventually then became the wife of Bram Stoker, who wrote wrote uh, Dracula. Dracula, yeah. I knew that. And you may have noticed that I did say Florence, who's a woman. Yes. Hmm. I did notice. So despite uh, Oscar Wilde's preference for men, uh-huh. he was actually married and had two kids. Oh, okay. So, um, so I was going to say, like, so it was already, a, he already knew that he was gay. He, this wasn't like a, a marriage and then later on he... No. Okay. So good to point out here that Florence wasn't his wife. She was just a love interest of his youth. She oh. just, I thought it was just quite interesting that she went on to marry another famous... Oh yeah, writer uh, Bram Stoker. She's obviously one of those that like mixes with. She loves loves a network. One of those great Groucho types. Like, yeah, hangs out with the famous. Groucho is Only a dates. members yeah. club in London. It is yes. Katie correct. frequents it very often. She thinks she's. I don't. A I big don't, deal. I don't like. Uh, and Oscar Wilde died when he was forty six. Is that the podcast then? In nineteen hundred. <laughs> That's, that. <laughs> That's it. That's all you're getting. It's Just tease. <laughs> okay, and lots happened in between that. Lots happened in between. Okay. But I thought what was very interesting, Katie, mm-hmm. is on my fact finding mission, yeah. I found some ridiculous facts, some of which are not facts. Okay. They're debatable. So Katie, do you want to know some of those debatable facts? Fact me up, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> You're... I don't take that Get back. out. I don't take Get that out. back. That's... Shall I leave? I think you should. Hit me. Oscar Wilde visited Egypt as a child and was always fascinated by sphinxes. Why are you doing that voice? Because they are like, I'm doing it as if... Is that how he talked? No. He was Irish. Was he? Hmm. Oh. But I'm just doing it in like a way that sounds like it should be a fact, but it's absolutely... See, Can no, you do it no, in an it's... Irish accent? No. Please, just the first one. Nadine Coyle. Girls allowed. <laughs> Oscar Wilde visited Egypt as a child oh, and was always fascinated by sphinxes. That was better. Funny. Good. 
but not a fact. Fascinated with Sphinx, it's good. Here's another one. Wild wasn't good at horseback riding. Okay, we're back on that voice. Okay, he wasn't good at. I mean, that's that's not that's like saying he wasn't French. <laughs> yeah, if you think those two are bad, listen to this one. And why are you telling me these? Where did you get these? I, they were just unbelievable. It is like a list just of, oh, okay, right, I see. <laughs> Wild spent money as fast as he got it. <laughs> so is that true? not a fact? It is not a fact. <laughs> Not even interesting information. So you got all these facts from a rubbish website and you just wanted to share. Well, I appreciate that a lot. Do you want to know more about his actual work rather than his private life? Well, I, uh, yeah, go on then. But we just, should. <laughs> we should talk about his renowned works and then we'll Ooh. go. Then we'll then we'll delve a little deeper later on. So, like I mentioned, Oscar only ever published one novel, The Picture of Dorian Gray. Right. Uh, he's chiefly known for his play, The Importance of Being Earnest. You may, you may have seen Katie that film with Reese Witherspoon. Where's she been? She has done a thing recently. Cool. She turned forty. I saw it in the Daily Mail. She had a big party. Uh, it's like the first thing she's done since she asked that cop, uh, "Do you know who I am?" I think. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Judy Dench is also in the film, The Importance of Being Earnest. Anyway, he also wrote short stories and poems. The Selfish Giant was a story and The Canterville Ghost are two of his most renowned stories. Which was a, The Canterville Ghost was a periodical that appeared in a newspaper mm-hmm. magazine of the time. Uh, and his poems, Poems in Prose, The Sphinx and The Ballad he of... He loved The Sphinx. He loves The Sphinx, he doesn't he? Sphinx. I mean, we know. Now yeah. we know. He's fascinated by them. And The Ballad of Reading Jail from 1897 are his poems. Of, huh. Of Reading Jail, yeah. To go back to his novel, mm-hmm. The Picture of Doing Great, was that was published in 1890. Okay. It examines vanity. It takes a look at you know the humanity and how flawed we are as people, and looks at corruption. Basically, Dorian Gray, the protagonist, has a picture, and then sells his soul so that the picture can age and get all rubbish, rather than him. So it's like a message to society. It's a message. You know, like that awful cost? film that we saw a few weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. High rise. Rubbish. I loved it. Uh, so, but they made a film of that too, right? With the hot one from Narnia. Yes, correct. Yes. I, didn't, I haven't seen that though. Should we watch it? Yeah, we should have kind of watched it beforehand, I guess. Oh, well. Oh, know. well. Yeah, we'll no. watch it some guy. Didn't watch it, did we? We'll watch it another time. We'll watch it some time. Probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> probably won't. But you've said the hot one from Narnia is in it. So yeah, that's we true. We probably, we probably definitely will. Uh, the Importance of Being Earnest is from 1895. Mm-hmm. It's a farcical comedy in which the protagonists maintain fictitious personas to escape the boring, expected social obligations of Victorian London. Sounds good. Again, it's another critique. It's another look. It's like making a point. Yeah, it's another insight into, you know, a period of time that Oscar lived in. You know, he he loved to take a look at... Yeah. He he loved to satirise, you know, the time. Okay. It's very interesting. But those that, like I said, you know, the importance of being earnest and the picture of Dorian Gray, very much his standout pieces. Yeah. More standout, however, mm-hmm. is Oscar's private life. Yeah, let's get back to that. I like that. It's quite, it's, quite, it's quite juicy, isn't it? So like I mentioned, Oscar did marry. He married someone called Constance Lloyd in 1881. They had two, <laughs> they had two boys, two kids, Cyril and Vivian. Vivian as a boy. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Terrible name. I agree. But by child number two, mm-hmm. Oscar Wilde had become repelled 
at Constance. So was this between the coitus and the birth? Yeah. While she was prego, he mm-hmm. was like, actually, I want the D. He, no, actually, interesting, Katie, he always identified as being bisexual. Did he? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, unless so... Unless you're a woman and you've had a kid. <laughs> in 1891, so ten years after he was married... Okay. Wilde was introduced to Lord Alfred Douglas, who was an undergraduate oh, at Oxford. He was a lord. He was an absolute a, lord in more ways An than undergraduate one. at Oxford. Yep. He was learning. Beavering away. Beavering away, but not with beavers. Oscar, the dandy, he swaggered in and swaggered said, in. Uh, Alfred... Jump on. I like what I see. Do you want to know more about Lord Alfred Douglas? Do I? Do I? He was spoilt, (laughs) he was reckless, he was rude, he was arrogant, he was rich, but he was a massive admirer of Wilde's work. Was he, like, dangerous? He was dangerous. And Oscar was like, I'm done with my baby mama. Uh, I want a dangerous man to keep the spark there. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) To keep the spark there. They were like... Amy Winehouse and... Blake. Blake. Oh. They, like, got on each other's tits. Okay. It was... It was it, Douglas yeah. is bad news. Really? Yeah. But like I said, he was a massive fan of Oscar Wilde's work. He was dedicated to the pieces that he wrote. He would write him letters. And uh, one of Oscar Wilde's plays, Salom, which he had originally written in French... Don't show off. Classic Oscar. Uh, Alfred Douglas translated it. Did he? Translated it back to English, but did it so badly that many of the passages were completely <laughs> incorrect and actually meant the reverse of what Wilde was originally trying to say. He didn't care. He just wanted to do bits with him. So like, there was a part where he'd be like, Salam could not stop looking. Oh, come on, Alfred. I can see right through you. Yeah, he... do you know, you know when people go like... Yeah, I'll translate your, your thing for you. Now kiss me. That's what he was doing. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been like, oh yeah, I'm really into. Oh my god, all the motorsports. Oh yeah, I mean that football team, like they've been relegated, haven't they? It's like, no, I've never done that. I've never done. I've definitely haven't done that. Definitely not. So there's always a thorn in the side of any relationship. Is there? Alfred's family, unsurprisingly, weren't really down for the gay relationship. You know, Uh like most people in Victorian times yeah didn't weren't really going for a bit of a how's your father how's your father so they (laughs) so they ever they kept their distance okay from alfred oh like romeo and juliet kicked him out they still funded him because they believed he was still studying in oxford and thought that he was he was savable douglas would also have sex with the rent boys Alfred? Yep. Oh my god, poor Oscar. But no, but in, he yeah. introduced Oscar to rent boys and prostitution. So they were both, you know, at it with other people. So they were they like open about this or they secret behind his backs? It was like really it was open you know like when a couple hate each other but love each other and like, oh well I'll Ooh. do this and it's very made in Chelsea it feels. So anyway, yeah. he gave he had and also Oscar would buy all these clothes. Would he? Uh, and he he's gave, mugged up. He's just so reckless. So like, didn't care. Didn't have. Didn't think about the next thing. So we'd just be like, take my clothes, mate. Take anything you want in the wardrobe. This is important. You might be. You might be thinking, why am I telling you this? Mm. No. 
he would never remove letters and notes that Oscar would write that he'd have them in his pocket. He'd never remove them. What so, do you mean? So when he gave, say he gave a rent boy some a pair of trousers. Yeah. pair of dandies. Slacks. pair of slacks. Um, <laughs> he, he would still have, like, letters that Oscar had written him in the pockets. So he'd give them and be oh, like... Oh, you saying he didn't give, didn't give a crap? He didn't just... give a crap. Well... I don't know. He was just he was just didn't think about things. Yeah. So these letters would then be in the hands of other people, mm-hmm. third party people, which were then used for blackmail. As we know, homosexuality was illegal. Oh god, yeah, that's really bad. So like, oh, that's it's so a man writing another thing. Stupid idiot. And they were very passionate and open and adventurous. We oh, might say. Oh, one little twit. Yeah. Oh. So, livid with him. As we know, Doug, uh, Alfred's family not not keen on Oscar. not keen on Oscar, not yep. keen on the relationship. Alfred's father particularly did not approve of their relationship. Okay, he was the one who was like, "Nah." He would encounter the two of them on many occasions and be like, "You better back the hell away from my son." This I am not into it. This is not happening. Yeah, slingy hook. Uh, and one particular time. The Marquis has had enough. He left a calling card. You don't get them much, much. What is a call? What is that? Be on it. Yeah, so it's like it's not so. It's not as formal as a business card because it doesn't really have much on it. But it's like you know who that person is. Like you know how to get in contact with that person. Yeah. They ain't advertising anything particularly. It's like, it's like contact me. Yeah. Yeah. So he left one at one of Wilde's favorite clubs in Mayfair in London. Yeah. And on it, he he wrote. Wild, you're a sodomite. Oh? A sodomite is someone who has sex anally. <gasps> okay. He wrote that on his calling card. He went, Wild, you're a sodomite, and left it in the restaurant. Boom. So everyone saw. Daily Mail would have been all over. Like, absolute quintessential Daily Mail fodder, this. So, lots of Oscar Wilde's friends, including his boyfriend Alfred, mm-hmm. um, advised him to, to prosecute to go after, take legal action against old Daddy Alfred for libel. I hate Daddy Alfred. But also, I feel like this is one of those things where, again, Lord Alfred didn't take into account any repercussions of what would happen. It was like, I hate my dad. This will really piss him off. Let's just do this. Yeah. Take him to court for libel. Yeah, see, I hate Daddy Alfred, but then little Alfred does sound like a nightmare. He's a nightmare. And basically, yeah. Wilde was like, do you know what? I'll do anything you say. Yeah, I will take him I will take him to court for libel, even though it was obviously all true. That's where the letters from the being in the pockets of his clothes that he gave to rent boys becomes important because they were yeah. all used as evidence. It's all out there. Based on all that evidence, Wilde was arrested and charged with committing criminal sodomy and gross indecency, which was which was to partake in relations with an relations with another man. Sex. Yeah. Wow. So then, did he get? So he got charged with it. What happened? Did went he to prison. Did he? Went to prison for two years. Had to do two years hard labour in a prison did in Reading. In Reading. In Reading. One of his most famous works is the Red. Yeah. What was it? The Ballad of Reading Jail. The Ballad of Reading Jail. Because he went there for a bit because he liked boys. Two years. And as soon as that, as soon as it was done, two years, out of here. Left yeah. Britain. And then 
was did he cut off contact with Alfred? They got together. They moved to Naples in Italy. Oh, for goodness' sake! I'm for a for a not no more than a year. Mm-hmm. They fell out once again. Of course they uh, did. It was never going to work. It was doomed. It was doomed, and Oscar Wilde moved to Paris. Didn't see him again, mm-hmm. and never returned back to Britain. And died in Paris. In Paris. And did he do any more work? Did he just go there and just enjoy the baguettes and things? He just he loved those baguettes. He did a a bit more work, but nothing that's yeah nothing that's recounted. The ballad of Reading Jail is kind of the, the, oh, I guess. the last yeah, so big that. Yeah. big bit. Well, there you go. That's it. So that's Romeo done. Also, I actually feel like I have learned a lot about his life. I find the whole relationship fascinating. Should we get on with what you're doing next time? Okay. Go on then. (laughs) Buzzing. Buzzing. (laughs) You sound so ecstatic. Why do you look so nervous? I'm waiting for you to talk. I've spun the wheel. Yeah. I love this bit because you just hate it. No, I kind of got into the swing of it, actually. So it's landed on events. Okay. And I've got the perfect thing for you. Events, that, that's history in my talk. Yeah, events and history. Yeah. Next time, yeah. you'll be telling me mm-hmm. and everyone listening all about the 1969 Apollo 11 moon landing. Oh. Yeah. Huh. I thought you were going to say Woodstock or something. No. Okay. The moon landing. Katie, we have a problem. Jack, I am going to... <laughs> do what I'm doing. This is one small step for Katie and one giant leap for Katie's... What? Something. My what? A terrible one sh- giant yeah. leap for everyone listening. We'll work on that for next time. I reckon. Okay, okay good. Take so... a leap out of this booth. Go away. I'm done, I'm bored now. Okay, see ya. Hmm? See you on the flip side. If you've been in a social situation lately where you've not known a load about a certain thing and someone said, oh, how come you don't know anything about that? They're probably a bit of an idiot, but if you do want to know more about it, then do get in touch with us at Be More Cleverer, or you could email us at bemorecleverer at gmail.com. Talking of Twitter, Katie. Yes. We started to tweet facts now. Yes. Yes, facts. I think it just made sense, didn't it? We've been, yeah, we did. We've been preaching loads of stuff. There's so much stuff to talk about. It just makes sense to, to start just sending out some facts into the universe. Yeah, exactly. And besides, the other day we tweeted that anti-day phobia is the fear that one is constantly being watched by a duck. And we're not going to do a whole episode on that. I no. Mean, maybe one day. But, you know, it means we could share little things with you. Little snippets like that. Tidbits. Bye. Bye. Tidbits. Geven maakt gelukkig. Daarom vind je bij Dio heel veel inspiratie voor de mooiste en voordeligste cadeaus voor de feestdagen. Dio, je beste zelf.